welcome to the Of The Earth Podcast. This is a place where we take time from our busy lives to remember the planet we're living on, the relations that support us, and our sense of belonging as children of this beautiful Earth. I'm your host, Mariana Rittenhouse. Simply put, I'm a woman who sees life where others don't and teach humans to do the same. I do this by leading tea ceremonies, teaching personal tea ritual, and mentoring women in their spiritual reawakening to the earth. I created the Of the Earth podcast to re-inspire your innate connection to Mother Nature, so you can find deeper meaning in life and truly remember why you're here. Because even if you don't believe it, you belong. You really do. Thank you so much for being, and thank you for being here. Let's dig into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Of the Earth. It's Mariana here, and I'm really happy to be here. It's been a while since I've shared that much here on this podcast, but the truth is that the past few months have been a bit of a whirlwind, to say the least. My life got really shaken up and I needed to spend my energy and time focused on the things asking to be addressed and figured out. The imagery that's coming to mind as I as I feel into those words, is that of a sailboat going through a squall and requiring the captain to be fully focused and fully present to the task at hand before addressing anything else. But I will say I've gotten through the squall and the sun is peeking its beautiful face out from behind the clouds and things are finally coming down and it feels good. It feels good. You know, I don't often feel aligned to the Gregorian New Year, which would be our cultural January 1st, but I felt like 2023 had so many lessons for me, so many teachings for me, and that it they really kind of went up to the last moment in the year. And now 2024 feels great. I feel like As I said, I got through the squall. I'm here and I'm excited to share a little bit about that with you today. But first, let's drop into the ecosystem for a second, as always. Um, I'm currently in Miami visiting my family. It's super humid and I find that to be wonderful. I feel plump here. Like my skin is drinking all the moisture from the air and my skin barrier feels great and my dry weather Colorado wrinkles are disappearing. You know, I grew up in the tropics and I just love me some humidity. I'm not going to lie. I love it. I mean, I even had a smoothie bowl for breakfast. (laughs) Which feels like a luxury because the dry and high altitude climate that I live in does not make you want to eat frozen food, let alone vegan food. And so I am just taking it all in. And I'm really enjoying my time here. 
Today it's a little bit windy. The sky is gray. The temperatures are a little cooler than normal, but either way, it's just been really sweet. Yeah. There's nothing like a trip back home to your native environment, right? <laughs> just bring something out of you. Okay, so that's the ecosystem. I will say too that there's been a lot of beautiful, um, beautiful critters around. Um, I just saw the most beautiful dragonfly as I was having tea outside. Its body looked like moss, like it was green and fluffy. It was so cool. And beautiful butterflies and egrets and ducks and um, squirrels, <laughs> which <laughs> I'm just loving the squirrels as they run through palm trees. It's not stealth. <laughs> It doesn't feel stealth or graceful. They're just like all shaking. It's so obvious that they're there, which is very different than the pine trees. Um, lots of birds of prey. It's just been, yeah, the creatures here have been super sweet too. Okay. So I want to spend, as I mentioned, my time in today's episode reflecting on 2023 and getting intimate getting vulnerable, sharing my truth, because it really wasn't the most useful year. And it felt like a big year for me, though maybe not externally. It was definitely a big year in the internal landscape of my life and felt like a great rebalancing. I had to mitigate a lot of dynamics in my life and leave things that are in the past in the past. And I had to be really honest with myself about when I was behaving in old, unhealthy patterns so I could find forgiveness, not just for me, but also for those involved, and then let these patterns go once and for all. It was also a year of tremendous expansion for me. I stepped back into love for the first time in over four years. <laughs> I reopened my tea house in my home, but this time I didn't do it alone. I'm in collaboration with a couple of my students and friends in the space. And I opened a small, or shall I say, boutique tea company. And I haven't really shared about it publicly, but today is the day. Here we go. <laughs> um, and all in all, you can see that like all of these different things, they required me to be seen, to put myself out there and to claim what it is that I want to create in my life publicly. And it brought up a lot of my shit. It's been a long time since I've collaborated from a work perspective. And the last time I did, I was really hurt. It's been a long time since, you know, I've been in a relationship and the last time I was really hurt and you know I have had a tea house before but my last iteration was alone and it was easy to do it alone and I didn't have to deal with other people or you know I just after this big dismantling in my life five and a half years ago I really had to step up and 
in not only in my healing, but also in doing life alone in a lot of ways while I healed. And this week or this, sorry, this last year was coming back into relationship with life in a deeper way than I've done for a long time. And I had to clear out all of those, all of the structure that I created in order to protect my healing journey so that I can really thrive in community in all ways. So let's dig into all of these different things. Okay, so a little backstory is that there's always been some version of a tea house in my home in Boulder from the moment I moved in. I've done it in partnership. I've done it alone, as I mentioned. And after the pandemic, I felt really ready to start serving public tea ceremonies again, but I knew I definitely couldn't do it by myself. I don't have the time and I'm traveling too much right now to maintain the space alone. You know, it was much easier when I was airbnb and recovering from my health crisis to be a hermit and serve tea, but it's just not my truth anymore. No, no matter how much I might want it to be sometimes, it is not my truth anymore. I feel really in the world and engaged with the communities that I serve. And so I asked a few of my students who live in the area if they wanted to do it with me, and a handful of them did. So the work began to create the space, to find the name, to deeply feel into what we're doing in the space. And then most importantly, to train these amazing women how to hold the space and run a tea house. And I'm not going to lie, it was no easy feat. Not just because it required so much externally of me. But the truth is, it was really hard for me to step into the leadership it required. The collaborative projects I've been in in the past in the startup industry, they weren't focused on inner work and spreading light. They were actually quite unhealthy and toxic settings, which I could argue most workplaces are. Um, and in these settings, people talked shit about each other. They functioned on a baseline of frustration. They didn't communicate well, and they used techniques of domination to control outcomes. And that's kind of what it meant for me to be a leader. And I didn't want to go back to it. But yeah, on the other hand, I didn't know how else to do it without getting walked all over. I felt like can I trust people to just show up? Do I have to try and make them show up? What if it's in a different way? What do I care about? Like it was just so much to process internally. And I sat with this question of how could I find the balance between being a leader that doesn't railroad others while still cultivating an environment of respect integrity and getting shit done, right? Like impeccability because impeccability is important to me. But as I'm kind of in all of this, all of a sudden, I was around people that I love and respect, but then I no longer trusted them. All of the old patterns from my previous work environments came out, and I just couldn't trust the women in front of me. I kept projecting onto them 
how people treated me and each other in my previous collaborative work situations, that toxic, that unhealthy, I couldn't help but project it here. And it didn't matter if I truly thought that was happening or not, because that's how it presents in our unhealthy work environments. People are nice to your face and talk shit behind your back, right? (laughs) And so I was afraid I was being used or villainized or even worse, hated for my leadership. And it was gnarly. (laughs) It was gnarly. And honestly, I didn't handle it very gracefully at first. I think I kind of flip-flopped between overbearing and super chill. I was stressed. I was working too too much. Um, I'd be like, do it your way, except do it this way. <laughs> Which if you're one of my students, you'll laugh because I joke about those, those qualities and dynamics within myself a lot. But I think the most important thing to underscore in all of it is that I was healing. I was healing the past wounds that I didn't have a chance to five years ago, right? They didn't have a chance to surface and get worked out before. And so these were wounds that require, you know, that they required like the space and the life and the, and the container to come back up so that they could be healed, Without the interpersonal dynamics that were alive in the tea house, they couldn't rear their ugly little heads so that I could finally address them. When I was alone, doing it by myself, I didn't have to worry about these things. But that's not actually healing. It might be a part of the healing process, but this healing needed to be completed and I needed to find my way back into trust and into a new baseline of health in my interpersonal relationships. And I did, because even though all of these distrustful feelings arose, the confidence and knowing I have in the love and respect of the community that I've built in the past five years is greater than the wounds. So in this past five years of healing, I may not have been in a situation where these things could arise to be cleared. However, I have surrounded myself with a different quality and type of person that lives in a healthy way with others, that communicates in a healthy way with others, that doesn't show up to extract others, but shows up in love. And so being around those people and knowing that they were there from all of the intentional cultivation of my community is what gave me the confidence to put those wounds to rest. It's kind of like walking in the dark. You know, like you can't see but you know 1000% that the light switches to your left and you like take a step and take a step and take a step. And then you're like, oh, there's a wall in front of me, but you know, a thousand percent that there's actually not a wall in front of you. And you just have to get to that light switch on your left. (laughs) And so it's like, even if you can't feel it, you know, it's there. And that's what I had to do. 
I had to keep anchoring into the love of tea, the tea house, and the women involved. And I'm so grateful to them, to my sisters, for being guiding lights during my inner dark time. It means so much. And this is what, you know, it's these things that happen that really create the lifelong grounded communities that I think we're all craving. So in the end, serving tea in the space, it wasn't a fit for everyone who is who had originally said yes, but nevertheless, we got there. <laughs> and Ponderosa Tea House, that's what we ended up calling it, because my home is just surrounded by Ponderosas. They hold such beautiful space for the healing that happens there. Um, Ponderosa Tea House is a thriving women-run healing space in the mountains of Boulder where we serve tea twice a week and we create a space for people to just be. No mind, no dogma, but just be with each other, be with nature and be with themselves. Gosh, it's so rare. I wish it weren't so rare. But anyways, I love the space. I'm so excited to see how it continues to grow and evolve. And maybe, just maybe, one day there might be a Ponderosa tea house near you, <laughs> on a mountain near you. Let's let's put it on a mountain too. <laughs> um, yeah, I I feel so open for how that continues to evolve, and oof, that would be so dope. I'm here for it. <laughs> okay, so that was the first big one, and so now let's move on to romance. <laughs> 2023 was a big year of romance for me. It had been a long time since I was in a relationship and or had been a girlfriend. And the last time I did, my heart was shattered, just straight up. And it's taken me a long time to recover. I went through all of the stages, beginning with not even wanting a man to look in my direction. (laughs) And... Yeah, back then, like right after the traumatic breakup, you know, if a man did, I would like passionately glare back at them. I'm like, who are you? Get out of here. (laughs) I don't want to be around men. And then, you know, I dated a little bit more here and there. And then I went into a couple years of celibacy. I made prayers and offerings for a healed heart and to meet, you know, to meet someone who held the masculine in a healthy way. And eventually I ended up meeting someone special and we did not jump into anything, but we actually spent a year in connection, getting to know each other and only each other. Um, but we really took our time. We really took our time. And then after that year, we decided that it was time. <laughs> we either needed to step in or step out. And after some careful consideration, And I really say that truthfully, like careful consideration, we decided to jump the fuck in. (laughs) And so I became a girlfriend again. And I will report that nine months later, I'm still a very happy girlfriend. So I'll just put that out there first and foremost. (laughs) So here's what I'll say about my journey of stepping back into relationship. There's only so much work you can do alone. And at the end of the day, in order to heal our broken hearts, we have to step back into relationship and let the kinks work themselves out. 
And this is true for any relationship. You know, it's true. I just mentioned how that was true for me in the tea house, how it's true for me in my work. Um, it's whatever it was that broke our hearts in order to fully heal it. We got to step back into relationship with that thing. And so for me, it was fascinating to watch my stuff come up. For the first year of connecting with my boyfriend pre-relationship, I was exactly who I am now. This strong, fiercely loving, and fiercely sovereign woman. It's the me that I spent four years cultivating and healing. And yet, the second I technically became a girlfriend, this part of this, like, old you know, I reverted to all of these previous forms of girlfriend that I had ever been before. It was so strange. It just immediately came up. And those younger versions of me were not the woman that I've become. They were in the shadow maiden and were extracted and abandoned themselves and didn't know how to speak up with maturity and grace. And so even though nothing was changing in my beloved... He was great and being more lovey-dovey and sweet and honoring as ever. (laughs) I found myself back in my old patterns in shadow. I was afraid of things that weren't happening. I would project onto situations that I wasn't free. I started to do little things that felt extractive to me, even though they weren't requested of me. I'd be like, do the things that a girlfriend should do. (laughs) And I would start questioning if I actually wanted to be intimate or not, as though I was being pressured like I had been in previous relationships, even though that was definitely not happening. So it was like nothing changed in the exterior except for more love. And inside, I was just like, oh, God, if I'm a girlfriend, it's like I'm trapped in that cage again that I was trapped in before. It's like all of the bad things that happened to me when I was a girlfriend are going to happen now. And honestly, it was so fascinating. You know, we'd established such a strong baseline and knowing of each other in the year before that it was very easy for me to see that I was projecting, um, that I was projecting onto the relationship and collapsing. And of course, I didn't hide it. I brought it forward and we talked about it. And little by little, through naming and releasing and other practices, these protective mechanisms fell to the wayside. It's funny, one practice that I actually had that I'll share here, in case it's helpful for someone, is when I would get into this very projecty place and start to kind of freeze, I would just stare at him. I just say, I need you to just stand there so I can look at you. And I would look and look and look and look until my brain finally released the projection because I could just see this is not the, this is a different person. This is your boyfriend. This is the man you've been in connection with for a year. That is what's happening. And it was really fascinating to actually feel the projection just kind of like snap off after a few minutes. And he was so great. He'd be like, okay, I'll stand here. (laughs) Like more, more, more time, more time. And then it would be like, oh, I see the truth. I see what's in front of me. And so if you struggle with these things too, you know, 
that might be an interesting way <laughs> to break the projection. But yeah, it's funny because whenever there's a deepening between us, we notice these little things come up and we're getting better and better at seeing and clearing them faster, but they're still there. It's like when we go into any territory of too good to be true, the protective mechanisms come up. And so I'm curious if you can relate to this. I've helped so many women through these things in my one-on-one work, and it was really cool to experience it for myself. It's like we get to finally receive the healing work we've done with ourselves by receiving healthy, grounded, and balanced love from a man who has also done his work. And I just truly feel so grateful to my boyfriend for being the man he is and always being there to work through what is blocking our love. It's just, uh, it's so cool to have this level of trust and joy. And I feel so happy to get to express my heart openly again. I feel these innocent and exuberant parts of me coming back online that I've really missed, that they got put into a box and (laughs) buried into the earth after my last breakup and they're back and I'm excited to keep growing in this way. And yeah, I just feel this big, like I'm back baby. (laughs) And so yeah, romance 2023, the year of stepping in. (laughs) Okay, and then the last thing I want to share about today that I mentioned before is that I started a little tea company under the radar in 2023. I told you it's a year of expansion, so many beautiful things. Um, You know, as of right now, I really only told my students about it. And the whole project has been a sweet reclaiming for me. So remember my burnout story I shared about that in um, some previous episodes. And yeah, I mean, stepping back into the into work that feels a little startup-y, like building a company, it wasn't easy. You know, there it's funny because there's so many similar as I'm as I'm speaking all of this out loud, I'm just seeing so many similar patterns of I only knew one way to do something before. Right. So it's like, I only knew one way to be in collaboration. I only knew one way to be a girlfriend. No, I only knew one way to be a to build a business. And it's not the way that I wanted to build this one. And so, again, it was really this experience of like, I know this way to do this. And that's not what I want to do. And having to release things in the meantime. And the truth is, it ex- it happened way more than just in these three instances in the past year. And Um, yeah, it really, these experiences, they really were painful in a lot of ways, even though it feels really good on the other side, you know, it's that healing pain, um, and building the business, you know, this was a hard one. I actually started to feel burnout symptoms again last summer, and I was truly afraid I might collapse. Deep down, I knew that I wouldn't, 
But all of this stuff I've been talking about, reopening the tea house, stepping into relationship, building the tea company, and some other things in friendships and um, stuff behind the scenes, they all happened in the same few months. So these were not scattered in 2023. They were at the same time, and I was stacked on, and it was intense. I was working through all the patterns from this lifetime and likely karmic stuff too from other lifetimes all at the same time. So with De La Tierra Tease, which is what it's called, by the way, same as my Instagram name, Mariana De La Tierra, same as this podcast of the earth. Um, I just decided to really slow it down. I had to get all of this stuff up front done in order to launch it. But after that, I just kind of let it go. And I created something that was really in the way that I like to shop. Slow and steady. You know, I only shop most for the most part in person. And I'll just go to places I love and see what's there and find what's for me. But I really, I don't shop online and I don't shop in experiences where I feel overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that's there. And so I created something slow and steady with trustable products instead of a large selection. And yeah, I want the experience to feel like people found a tea that was for them rather than getting everything and hoarding tea just in case. <laughs> um, I chose only teas that I personally love and drink and that you won't find other places. And it's just been really sweet. I shared the news with my students, and as I said, I've just let it be. I've let it come into the world and be born without much expectation. I'm excited to see how this offering continues to grow over the years, and I'm really not holding myself to being a business, but rather just who I am, a woman who teaches others the earth-connecting gift of tea and then has a space to share teas she loves with her friends. And yeah, I think what I learned through this process is that I am the only one putting pressure on myself. All the like the pressure cooker and everything I felt around being a girlfriend and creating the tea house and how many times we should be serving tea and, you know, what and how like how quickly tea should sell in de la tierra and all of these things like all of the pressure that existed in my previous life that i was bringing into this version of me i have the full autonomy and freedom to stop and to put less pressure on myself at any time you know it truly doesn't make me less successful it definitely doesn't make me less worthy and in actuality, it just makes me more happy. And that's great. I don't like spending my days tied to other people's schedules or my laptop or whatever. I like being present in my life. I really don't like being asked to override what's true for me personally because of some thing outside of me you know even like with this podcast I could be like oh it has to be every this every that where's the new episode where's the new that but if I'm not inspired I don't like to override that if 
I'm busy spending time with my family, that's where I want to be. I, if I'm in a course, which is true, I actually taught a lot in the um, last four months of the year. I want to be with those people. I feel really filled up in that connection. And that's where I want to be. And so I'm really following that happiness and that joy rather than this idea that only if I abandon myself in some way can I receive what I want in life. Because that doesn't even make sense. If I'm abandoning myself, then obviously I'm not receiving what I want. (laughs) So I'm really loving this new template um, that I've received in the work this year. And I hope it inspires you to maybe do some of that for yourself. So I would love for you to try out the La Tierra Tease. So I'll quickly share a little bit about it. So first and foremost, I focused on describing the teas evocatively. So when you read the description, you can get a sense of the energy you can expect from the tea rather than linear information. I heard from a lot of people that it just felt really inaccessible. And so I highly recommend reading the descriptions first. And then you'll see that every tea has a few images. So if there's an image of the tea served leaves in a bowl, so you'll just see the leaves floating in there, then it's great for that. And if not, you will need a teapot to brew it. So those of you who are early in your tea journeys or maybe aren't don't have a tea practice um, or a teapot, then choose the teas that are just in a bowl. It's the best way to start. It's how I started. It's how I teach people to start. And um, you can you can just see it through the images. So it's pretty clear in that way. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> and also there are a couple mystery teas on the site too. So those are the teas I send in Start Your Own Tea Practice. And so there's no information on them, but people can buy them there afterwards. And that's why there's no information on them. It all comes through Start Your Own Tea Practice. So feel free to explore or you can wait until the next round if you have been desiring to start your own tea practice. And that will probably be sometime in the spring. I'm about to head out on a two-week trip, so I'll share with you the teas that I brought with me because I actually only brought two, which is very rare, but I can't bring many things. Um, I brought the third mystery and anchor, so you can look at those. They're perfect for the cold and dark days ahead. And then the other one I'm really loving is essence, which is just so beautiful and feels just like it sounds, which is like the essence of tea. That's a great one to start with. And everyone who's tried it loves it. I, yeah, I can't speak highly enough about that. So the website is www.delatierratees.com, plural. I'll put this link in the show note. And I just created my first ever discount code for (laughs) y'all. You can put in of the earth in the checkout and enjoy 15% off. And this will work for all of you. So don't worry if you've already bought some tea, you'll still be able to use this code. Okay, so to wrap this all up, I'll say that everything I learned in 2023 was about going slow and steady. It was about taking the time to feel all of my fear and excitement and dread along the way and honor the previous versions of myself that didn't know better. And then from that place, I was able to start putting some of the old protection mechanisms to bed. 
and call myself forward into my mature adult self. Yes. Yes to all of our mature adult selves. And for me, that's the woman who is no one's victim. The woman who does not abandon herself for money, for success, for love, for glory. The woman who is building something so much bigger than what I could ever dream is possible right now. And who welcomes in the mystery as her guide. You know, I've realized that I don't actually have to figure much out. I just need to show up, tend to this human form, and keep taking one step at a time. And this is what 2023 was for me. It was a time for me to even more deeply surrender control of my life and open myself up to what life has planned for me. More than what I could plan for myself. I just need to surrender control, chill out, and allow what is to be. Whew. <laughs> it was scary and it was painful. And yet I feel like it all paid off. I really do because I am here in 2024 feeling more ready for life and adventure than I've ever felt. And, spoiler alert, I'm about to go on the adventure of a lifetime. And so with that, I will say thank you for being here and to be continued. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To stay tuned for future podcasts and new offerings, sign up for my newsletter at marianarittenhouse.com. And if this episode resonated with you, I'd love to hear all about it. You can reach me on Instagram at Mariana de la Tierra. That's of the earth in Spanish. Oh, and if you're ever in Boulder, Colorado, you should definitely join us for tea. My students and I serve tea ceremonies two to three times a week at my home in the mountains, and we'd absolutely love to have you. You can see the schedule and sign up on the ceremony section of my website. I want to give special thanks to our beautiful Earth Mother and all of our relations for constantly inspiring me and this work. This beautiful podcast music was created by Castanea David Brown. As always, Thank you for being, and thank you for being here. Until next time.